rioting mobs filling the streets, crowds evacuating stadia, massive herds of animals stampeding, immense flocks of birds moving in unison, armies in mass formations clashing in hand-to-hand -hand combat, a cast of thousands. How do filmmakers achieve these crowd simulations? Well, in a few moments, in this episode, 2211, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be taking a deep dive into this subject when they answer the commonly asked question, how are crowd animations created? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome back to the CG Insider Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, it's really great to see you. And in today's episode, we're going to be answering a question submitted by Jean-Paul W. from Ontario, British Columbia, to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. And Jean-Paul asks, how are crowds animated? By the end of our discussion, you'll not only have an understanding of how crowds are animated, but you'll learn some of the challenges in, uh, that traditional filmmakers had when using crowds in their films. We'll share some of our personal takes and professional insights into challenges we've had animating them with you. And finally, we'll be discussing where the current state of crowd animation sits today. Oh, and be sure to stay till the end of the podcast, uh, where we'll be jumping into the mailbag and sharing some uh, more really great comments from some new media producers who have chosen to feature their video on the cgbros.com YouTube channel. I'm Bill Johnson, one of your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston. And together, we are the CG Bros. So, Sean, this is a super interesting question. Um, I think it's a great question. Uh, thanks, uh, Jean-Paul, for asking. Uh, I think you should start, though. Well, you know, if you're shooting video or you're doing any kind of production today, you need crowds. It's, you, you need them. It's the epic uh, part of your shot. If you can get a giant crowd, you know, capture that in your background or, or just as part of your action. Um, but... In the past, uh, it's been a logistical nightmare for uh, directors uh, ever since the beginning of time. Well, maybe not the beginning of time, but since, <laughs> since movies. Uh, but um, there's a reason um, that only a handful of movies in the past were made uh, that ha featured huge crowds in them. Um, and those are usually the blockbuster uh, films of the day because uh, they were the biggest productions and, and had huge production budgets. But... I mean, can you imagine the challenge, Sean, of oh. trying to get those crowds together in those old movies? Yes, I, I, I think about the old um, movies uh, like uh, Moses or Lord. Uh, no, geez, what am I thinking of? Uh, what are some of the What are some of the classics that we we have watched when we were kids? Well, uh, from one of mine was The Phantom of the Opera. Well, uh, they had they had that was one of the one you know, and they're they're earlier on as well. Uh, but Phantom of the Opera for me was really great. You know, they, they that was they had huge. Uh, a huge opera house that was just, I mean, had had it have had five, five or six hundred people. In it. Well, I was thinking like Spartacus or uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they came a little later on. I know we've talked about Metropolis before. That came in 1927. They had a cast on. I don't know if you know this. Thirty-eight thousand performers in, uh, were uh, in that film, including uh, all added up together with extras. Wow. That's, that's yeah, a just, lot of people. Just amazing. Just huge. I mean, and just think of the logistics of that, of what it took. And, and uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame was, was another favorite of mine um, from 1939. They had, you know, sweeping crowd scenes of Notre Dame. You know, they're, they're all coming up to the cathedral, you know, trying to, trying to uh, you know, get him out. And uh, it, was, it was just uh, pretty nice. And then Spartacus, of course, that you mentioned in 1960. Um, huge crowd scenes, including gladiators uh, revolting for their freedom and, uh, of course, large-scale battle sequences and stuff like that. But 
um, you know, just just seeing thousands of men on you know on crucifixes uh, lining the road was it was a pretty stunning shot in, in, of its own. Yes, and uh, back to the history of uh, of that as well. Uh, if you look at the first, when we get back into a little bit of the CGI part of this thing is. Uh, 1989, uh, a show, or actually a short film called Mega Cycles, uh, was the first CGI uh, crowd animation that they had in there. And it was, I'm not going to show you images of that, but they had um, wooden, um, almost like wooden dolls on top of uh, unicycles. And they had those uh, riding on the edges of, uh, I believe, like walls, looked like walls uh, coming down. And they had, and you, they panned out to a pretty big shot where they had, Millions. It looked like millions of them. Uh, and at that time, I remember seeing that. It might have been uh, Beyond the Mind's Eye uh, video or something. Uh, one of the early CGI uh, compilations that they had for um, uh, CGI mm. at that time. And, and I thought that was pretty cool uh, to see that. And it was pretty impressive back then. Even though everything looks so clean, uh, it was very impressive nonetheless. Well, not being able to tell if they're crowds, you know, if they're CGI or, or real action, is, a, is a, I think has become a, a real staple of uh doing crowd simulation these days uh you know if you can't tell it then you've done a good job uh but i, I prefer you know i think i think just as far as cgi crowds are concerned um here's a i'm gonna go ahead and, and go ahead and run this video if you don't mind no nope. um of uh, uh kind of where where the state of cg uh, are today as far as video games are concerned and this looks like live action to me i mean the, the rendering is top-notch i mean the the, the lighting the shadows, everything's just beautiful, um, and everything is is dynamic these days. And and this is uh, just some phenomenal uh, crowd animation uh, work. And that's, I mean, this is all CG, and so everything ba here is basically crowd animation. So are they using? Uh, don't looks like they've got some live action people in there. Are they just compositing on? Is that from Warcraft? The Warcraft that movie. That is World of Warcraft. Yeah, those those are CG people. Really? Yeah. Wow, it looks impressive. I mean, I know the well, the orcs look pretty. What are they? Are they they're orcs, right? <laughs> you know, Sean, they look like orcs to me. I'll call them orcs. Uh, but, uh, but look at that! I mean, just look at that shot! I mean, just, just thousands and thousands of warriors all coming together. Just an incredible, uh, you know, animation feat. I mean, if you had to animate those guys, I mean, that was the thing too, Sean. Back in the early days, you'd have to basically what we did was uh, they were dumb. They were dumb in a lot of respects, are the characters that we animate in, in crowds. They would intersect each other um, until we came up with, you know, particle-based, uh, you know, basically, and that was still pretty dumb, where we'd actually just run a particle system and then instance the, the animated uh, characters onto the particles and then run them down the, the path. Um, we'd even use particles to create uh, the motion paths for, and then attach characters to motion paths, and that was another way to do it. Um, but you know that they weren't aware of each other uh they they weren't really aware of of their sur surroundings they they weren't you know based on conditions weren't um able to change their animations on the fly um so a lot of limitations to to that until some of these programs that came together that they're doing stuff like this like the massive program and and we can talk about some others as well that are just just totally capable of, of taking care of this this job that guy is cg come on look at that that he looks like a live action actor you sure you, you got this one that looks like they're cgi and mixed with live action to me sorry that's okay well back to a uh, little bit of history uh i didn't know this uh but ants uh, in 1998 was the first crowd ai uh that's that was pretty interesting i know that they used 
that was actually the, the the crowd simulation they used there was a predecessor to what you talked about was massive technology that they used on Lord of the Rings. So that was pretty interesting, and and it was the uh, uh, it, it, little trivia the only fully CGI film that was released on the 20th Century Fox and not made by Pixar, which is I thought was interesting at that time too. You remember that when it came out? I remember as, uh, looking at I think we mentioned another podcast where they had a bunch of one of these. Um, ant balls that they had underneath the ground and they had tied them, you know, uh, strung themselves together and, 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 and clasped hands and, and had this big, huge ball and blasted through the anthill. I thought that was really, really cool when I saw that. And then another swing thing together, swing yes, together, swing together. Oh, wait, that's a different movie. Is that okay? The, and then the other is, which is a predecessor to one of my favorite um, crowd simulation uh, movies, uh, World War Z, which I'll show you in a minute was uh, called Mountain, and that was uh, PlayStation 2 in 2003. And that was the first time you had advanced crowd AI, and they used Massive in this particular shot for this commercial. And let me show you this. Very, uh, very interesting to see this back to the... And, there's, and you, if, you don't, if you don't remember this ad, I remember when I first saw it, but I think it was, it was impressive at the time, but I don't think I, re- I recalled when I was watching World War Z, oh, you know what? They did this kind of shot before using Massive. Um, and so you, you look at uh, World War Z, you know, much, much later. I think it's basically a decade later, right? Um, yeah. When that came out. And, and if you see this, the crowd's coming up together. It looks really real. <laughs> they're all smashed against the windows and they're, they're, sma- they're actually falling through this building with a high rise, uh, high, high, gosh, that must be like the 15th, 20th floor. Um, and at the very top, I mean, look at that. I, th- I thought this, this ad, I remember seeing it now that I recalled it. I, I just thought it was uh, really, really well done. And I can't tell that it look, it doesn't look like CGI to me at all. That even that shot from the, when they're, they're panning out or they're pulling out from that big long shot. Amazing. Yeah, that's a good, that's a nice that's a very nice shot. And it is fantastic. It's way you know way ahead of its time. I mean, even just look at the atmosphere that it was rendered with. And you see, uh, and you and you and you get it too. You see, you remember in your mind's eye of, of World War Z, and it looks very similar, doesn't it? It does. Getting it's got back that to same that same tone. In fact, the that particular, uh, I believe, in that particular um, uh, shot, there was one hundred forty six thousand digital actors, and each one had their uh, individual behavior patterns that they they had. So AI driven as well. So pretty interesting. Yeah, CG has really taken over the the, the the crowd animation thing, as I mentioned, and probably the last movie with, that really had real people playing in a lar- at a large scale in a crowd scene was probably Braveheart, um, back in 1995. Uh, but so ever since then, yeah, crowds. It's just it's just. I mean, there's so many problems with using real crowds in movies. I mean, let's face it. Um, yeah, yeah, and we can talk. We can start. To, you know, maybe talk about those. I know. You know, just getting good talent was. Is, is the first thing you got to deal with, and um, you know, you'd think that it, anybody could be an extra in a movie or, or in a crowd or something, but it takes more than talent uh, than being a lead actor. Sometimes I can tell you that, but um, that's another podcast. Anyway, <clears throat> yes, um, and and you know, just because you know we're talking about this in the entertainment industry doesn't mean that there's crowd simulations they don't use in other for other applications. So they they have a lot of uh, crowd simulations that they're using for. Uh, city uh, you know, engineering of buildings and airports and trains and shopping districts because uh, especially because of the um, uh, things that have been going on with COVID and you know people wanting to be um, you know safe distance from each other 
uh, six feet and everything. So you have, you know, more than half the world's population live around cities. So a lot of the leading tra- transportation systems often, often um, r- uh, running at capacity put, uh, you know, city planners and, and things like that uh, under pressure to when they're developing these buildings or, or building these buildings to make sure that they can manage the congestion. And then possibly if there's a terrorist attack or something, what about the evacuation? Uh, you know, where do we, what's the best route out of here if there's a problem, you know, or a cat- catastrophic event that happens? Yes. And especially if you're down there and, and something happens I mean, how do you, how do you communicate to large crowds? I mean, you, you, large crowds, they're, they're usually pretty loud and they're spread out. And they're hard to communicate with unless you have a, a system of some kind of system. And I guess we have our cell phones that can do you can do a, some kind of emergency alert on your cell phone. But if, if for some reason you, you don't have access to that or the, you're getting jammed or the, the cell, cell signals are down, you know, you got to have some kind of system down there to communicate to all those people. Um, yes. And, and, some, and just megaphone or system or something. Right. And then what, how do you predict the behaviors of, of those crowds to simulate it correctly? Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, you, uh, it can be it can be really really difficult, especially when you start introducing a lot of um, a lot of variables and behaviors, and uh, and then uh, randomize things in there. And so I know they're they're working a lot of uh, deep learning uh, technology to try and introduce randomization or uh, things that unpredictability that you would have in normal crowds um, that you didn't anticipate. Yes, and even standard things like uh, you know where do we put food stations or where do we put water fountains or where do we, where do we put the bathrooms you know and they 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 do it flow analysis you know we put it over here and and so yeah there's a whole huge uh, crowd simulation done that basically analyzes what the best flows are given different uh, configurations of, of different services. Yes, and, and you yeah go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say you, you you'll see a lot of simulations. Even in these, they look like robots and they're just, they're all kind of moving the same direction. And there's maybe a little bit of variation in there, but I know that now uh, they're trying to introduce a lot of natural motivations to those AI. So I think that's going to go a long way to, to add that variability of, of unpredictability that people actually, um, you know, really have in real life. Um, and, and, and then, like you were saying, um, that this, it's going to, it's going to be intensive uh, computationally for these these systems to to calculate these things but you know let me let me go the it's it they can still do it in real time though but check this out this is this is kind of interesting because i want to just kind of go into well we can go into uh, some of the some of the software uh, i wanted to show definitely remind me to show you that in real um okay simulation that they're well, doing I was gonna say another time. another uh reason that people do these type of studies and these type of simulations is just for sheer safety and you're talking about like in, in an emergency situation yeah for, for danger. I mean, these, uh, you know, when you've got so many, I mean, people get killed at concerts every couple yeah. of years, you know, I mean, just it's not like, yeah. and that's, that's when, when things are, are, are seemingly in control, you know? Um, right. so, um, it's, and even people in the past have, have passed away. We've talked about Vic Morrow, you know, when they're doing war scenes primarily or, or, or you know, weapon related scenes, but primarily it's in battle scenes. And, and in that particular one, a helicopter was flying across, I think it was for Twilight Zone movie, a helicopter yes. flew into a, 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 Explosion. a pyrotechnic charge mm-hmm. and uh, crashed down and, and uh, killed, uh, crushed the little girl, a six year old girl, and decapitated Vic Morrow and a seven year old boy. It was yeah, just a terrible. Hor- horrific accident. Um, yeah. And and so they, I mean, thank God for CG, CG has come uh, come around because I mean, it, it's just from a safety standpoint, um, 
Um, and, and from a communication standpoint, like I was talking about before, how do you get crowds that, that cover a battlefield to, to move in a coordinated way? You know, okay, you know, the director wants them to move this way, or the director wants them to do this, or are they supposed to all move on cue for that? How do you how do you do that? Um, CG is the way. Well, also the you you were talking about safety issues. What about animals? You know, horses and and things like that, where you've got uh, you know, the riders that are the arrows are coming at them and they're falling and, and uh, ragdolling and things. That 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 definitely will will help um, you know prevent injury from from using animals. And I, I've seen some really good stuff, especially from a software called Gollum. I'll mention later, but. Um, and they, they don't get tired, and they don't yes. want to have you know take lunch breaks, and they don't want to they don't have to drink water, and all those inconvenient things that regular crowds have to do. <laughs> yes, yes, that's for sure, and um, exa- obviously safety. That that's pretty cool. So, uh, but how how do you how are they created? Uh, they're, they're, it's pretty interesting how they're created. There's there's moving parts like uh, agents, which which they call agents, and all these these programs. Uh, uh, they're basically moving actors that make up the crowd simulation. Each one of like those. Agent ha- Smith. Agent Smith, yes. And they all have their motivations. They have their AI hooked up, or unless they're really dumb, where they don't have any AI and they're just kind of, you know, because I've seen simulations of crowds where they're they're running into each other, so they're flocking, but there is no collision. Uh, well, let me just say something that that the AI is is that's the, actually the last part in the animation of crowds pipeline. First, you got to, I mean, at the at its base level, you got to model your character. Um, you got to rig your character with skeleton. Make sure that it has joints. You know, make sure that it's it cannot it can uh, articulate. Then you have to actually create the motion cycles, right? The animation cycles, the walk yes. run cycles, idle idle stuff like that. All the animations that your character is going to have to do. And at that point, then you can plug them into the uh, massive program or, or any of these other other programs and get them to then do the AI, which was basically is a, a selector. And it does animation switching, basically. Right. And then they've got behaviors, uh, transitions between those um, that work as well. And so you, you have to have those triggers, uh, which, which cause those, uh, those agents to stay, uh, change, like you said, from one animation state to another. Um, and hopefully they, they don't pop when they're, when they're transitioning and they don't slide and look weird. They're, they, uh, they're actually some, some type of uh, behavior that looks realistic. And that's kind of what you want. You want the, and also dynamic interaction between, between them because a lot of time you're pairing up different AI t- for each other or in a, in a range, they're going after other AI that are there and they know they're aware of them all. So pretty interesting. Here's a, here's a pretty good example of, of that, if I, if I don't mind me sure. kidding myself. Uh, this is a, a, an example of a massive uh, software in action. Uh, just hordes and hordes of agents. And it, it's, a, it's a pretty nice software. It basically generates large-scale autonomous animations as the purpose and you know what does that mean exactly um basically it can create huge crowds that act and react on their own it's pretty amazing um very realistic and there's the there are the uh, agents you're talking about navigating those boxes yeah yep and you can actually put different flows of people and they don't intersect and they 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 are aware of each other they're they're smart this is what i was talking about with as far as smart uh ai and this is uh, an example of how it was originally developed for lord of the rings uh, some just phenomenal stuff, just phenomenal stuff. You know what makes that more even more realistic is obviously the the particle effects that you have on there, but then also their clothing too. And I know there's there's uh, different, and I'll show you one of the the Unreal uh, versions of this particular thing here. Check this out. This is Unreal in real time. If you can pin me, Bill, you got this yep. thing going. Yeah. Let me show you this. Okay, so this is this is a real time 
simulation uh, of, of crowds that are going on. And hopefully this will play all the way through. But uh, the, I, I believe this particular person is running, um, gosh, his machine I think has 64 gigs of RAM and 24 cores. It's running at uh, 70 frames per second. And then when he zooms out here, in this from the stadium, there there must be, um, there's got to be what do you think like a hundred thousand people in that stadium? I mean, that's a lot. Maybe sixty thousand. That that's a that's a big big amount of people. That's a lot of people there. But he he actually when he's zooming out here, he was going about sixty frames a second, and and he also has a an RTX twenty eighty video card for this particular um simulation that he's showing it and he never went below 60 frames a second so i think that's pretty amazing to show crowd behavior in a stadium in real time using unreal i think that's that's we have come so far obviously they're not interacting with each other but you can see here there there's levels of detail leds that they're going through the characters you can see them very very low probably they're blending through those leds as he's his his camera zooming to the top of the stadium so I thought that was pretty impressive. So I wanted to at least show that. Yes, and here's a couple of uh, recent cinematic examples of uh, crowds, uh, some pretty cool crowd uh, simulation work. Um, this is a, f a movie from a movie called Zapotec, and it's about some, some runners, some uh, track and field runners. And it's just uh, amazing some of the work that was done here. Um, and they're actually showing you. And this, this kind of reminds me of... of uh, some of the old uh, 1930s and 40s, and I think that's actually when it does take place. Um, the Olympics. You can kind of get that that color, that that uh, antique kind of color scheme. Like a sepia kind of a... Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can see the entire crowd is, is CG, but you can't tell from any of these shots. Um, even in the rain, with all the effects, um, it's all, all CG generated. I mean, how are you going to get all those people umbrellas anyway. You know what that would cost? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. That's, I think that's one of the best parts of, of, of re... Re, uh, reusing, um, you know, CG in, 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 or are using CG in, in those big crowd scenes in, in stadiums, because I, I, I just think that's, it's so hard to tell because of the uh, depth of field that you've got with your camera. Even if you're, you know, even if you're close, it's still, they're still blurry, slightly blurry and you can't tell uh, the lighting is so good in the, the effects that they're using. Well, here's another example of that. If I can show that this is, uh, uh from another, uh, film. Uh, called the American Underdog. It's by it's, these. These were created by Zero Effects, but this shows you in a cinematic. And this, I think, this was just made last year. Um, but the entire crowd uh, was uh, simulated, and you can't tell. Like you no. said, they're, they're, and, and half of them are blurry, and half of them are quick. And as long as the lighting is good, you can see the stadium going in with the grayscale, and the, they've got a few live-action characters in the front. They actually even did a volumetric scan of this actor, this cameraman, and you can see him running up in the foreground right there. Just an amazing stuff. So just so that he meets the, he he matches the light, the CG lighting that they put in there. Uh, really, wow. Really I don't know if it's into detail. I don't know if it's a compression, but I could tell just a little bit on that shot. <laughs> Maybe because you you told me if you're not really paying attention, you're not going to really know. And that's kind of the beauty of CGI too is you don't want to see it. You want it to be seamless. Um, so some of the software um, we we went over massive. There's also uh, Gollum, uh, which is a really really good. Um, software program and I'll, if I'm going to show you just a little bit of Gollum some of the creature effects that they use for their crowds simulations this particular movie I believe it's promote studio maybe um, 
If it's not, uh, don't hold against me. Uh, so these are different uh, effects that they've they've used in their particular uh, using their software. Um, these different studios, Atomic Fiction, MPC might be in here as well. Um, there's a lot of great studios that use this, and that's for Maya. And they've also got uh, Miarmi, um, and I know that you use. Oh, this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite. <laughs> this <laughs> demo. Oh gosh, I love that. I think we have this one on our channel, actually. I think we did. Yeah, when they're when they're running these 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 uh, cartoon looking crowds are running into a uh, trying to get through a doorway and they all just kind of bunch up it's pretty cool and then of course there's you know you can use after effects uh thinking particles for 3d studio max 3d studio max itself cinema 4d so all the major 3d packages you can use to simulate uh crowds and they've got plugins right now for basically all of them Um, i was gonna say yes and don't forget houdini houdini is really coming into its own as far as crowd simulation oh yes yeah I, i thought i'd mention that but i guess i didn't oh i'm sorry i didn't hear it um, but anyway, that just just so you just so uh, you saw, that there's there's a uh, also Unreal, and I and I believe I showed that 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 particular uh, is called Adams Unreal, and it's a crowd simulation by Tool Chef's uh, code plugins, and and I believe it's pretty inexpensive to use, uh, and um, so you can go. Well, we're winding it down, Sean, towards mm-hmm. the end of the podcast. I just had one quick video I wanted to go ahead and uh, show, and this is for anybody who you know who is thinking about to maybe doing their own. Uh, Kind of simulations or crowd animations and, and stuff. Uh, you can. This is a Mixamo, and I, I definitely think we need to mention it. Um, they've got a whole great library of, of characters with different motions, and you, the motions are over here on the left. And you, you basically your character loads up here on the right, and you basically can select any of the motions on the left, and you it, it, it loads it onto your character, and uh, you can select different characters. There's a tab for different characters, and so you can you can export them out, and you can use them uh, to you know in your crowd simulation program uh, as, as your agents, if you will, or at least the models for your agents. But uh, it's a pretty nice little piece of, uh, piece of uh, software. Uh, I think there's uh, free levels and there's libraries that you can purchase, but basically, uh, you know, it, it's, it's effortless and, and pretty easy to use. So you know, give it, you know, check it out. I have used it. It's great, great program, and it's free. You can use well, all those for Why don't we go free. ahead and jump into the mailbag there, Sean? Okay. Uh, Andrea M's. Uh, says to us, we respect the quality of the videos on the CG Bros channel. We wish to be supportive of those who support and honor creatives and students who are pursuing projects in this field. The CG Bros is one of the strongest avenues that we can showcase our work. I agree. That's a, thank you so much, Andrea. Yes, that's, that's one of the reasons why we have the channel. So people, uh, creatives and students can look and be... Uh, you know, uh, impressed and, and uh, motivated uh, by by the things that we have on that channel to do their own and show their and actually come to our channel and show their stuff too. Yes, and uh, Remco Anchor says uh, the CG Bros offers a wide variety of beautiful animation videos that give me a lot of inspiration. There are also a lot of countries and people, uh, as students and experts, where I can learn from their work. Absolutely, we feature work from uh, new media producers from around the world, Remco and. Um, they're they're inspiring to us, and, and we're glad they're inspiring to you as well. And this one's from Paul Navarro. We know that the CG Bros can give us students more exposure to professionals, potentially to help us find our career paths. Having our films on the CG Bros is a real honor. Yes, we do have um, a lot of professionals that uh, look at our channel and look at the talent that's on there. And, and in fact, people have gotten jobs off our channel uh, many, many times. So. If this is the place for you to be, you should uh, definitely come to our channel and, and check it out and, and put your stuff up there as well. 
Absolutely. And, and uh, <clears throat> I would say, Paula, having your stuff is an honor for us as well. So, Well, thank you again for being part of our pad- podcast today. Uh, we do them just for you. And we answered uh, Jean-Paul's question, how are crowds animated? We hope that you enjoyed our conversation and learned something that you didn't, uh, didn't already know along the way in our discussion. If you did, help us out by sharing it around in your circles, as well as uh, click that like button. It helps our channel a lot by letting uh, YouTube find other people just like you who are interested in this kind of content. And by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover in the podcast, you can let us know by jumping onto our website, cgbros.com and clicking on the About Us tab and uh, going over to the Ask Us Anything uh, tab and just uh, leave it there like John Paul did. It's that simple. Uh, We're always looking to improve our podcast and would really like to know what you think uh, about it. So leave us a quick comment uh, down below and uh, let us know, would you? Um, We bring you a hot new edition of the CG Insider right here every week uh, where we discuss anything having to do with computer graphics, CGI, animation, and digital VFX as well as a veritable plethora of other related and interesting topics that blast into our headspace. If you haven't already checked out our YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? Don't miss out on your share of some of the best in award-winning state-of-the-art CGI short film entertainment, as well as some of some cool VFX breakdowns and behind-the-scenes making-ofs created by some of the most talented new media producers out there today. We're looking forward to seeing you again here for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great question submitted to us um, titled, How is Swarming Flocking Animation Created? Swarming and Flocking Animation. How is that created? We'll be schooling you. Don't flocking miss it. It'll be a flocking good time. Bye for now. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how are crowd animations created? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Be sure to leave a comment too, because we might share it on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Learn more about us by going to our website, thecgbros.com, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how are swarming flocking animations created. This has been episode 2211 of the CG Bro CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.